Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. Look at 3 John, uh, verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. This morning, I'm going to preach a prosperity message. And I know some of y'all are about to faint because you can't believe that Brother Keegan is going to preach a prosperity message. But I am. I'm going to preach a prosperity message. And I don't know if I can keep that Joe Osteen smile going the whole time when I'm doing this. You know, uh, Joe Osteen's got that million-dollar smile, you know, and he's got those big old white pearly teeth, you know, but when you have teeth like mine that are all crooked and brown, you don't like to smile like Joe Osteen smiles, you know. With Joe Osteen, you get a 10-cent message and a million-dollar smile, so I'm going to try to give you a million-dollar sermon and a 10-cent smile, so y'all just just deal with that as it goes. But I do this morning want to preach a prosperity message to you, and the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. First thing we need to to ask ourselves, what is prosperity? We need to find out the biblical definition of prosperity. Because when you say prosperity, a lot of people automatically think wealth. And that's not true when it comes to the Bible. Prosperity doesn't mean wealth. Let me show you what I mean. Turn to Genesis. Let's start in Genesis chapter 39. Of my circle of preacher friends, there's probably nothing worse you could do than to preach a prosperity message. You know, you hear me say that at times that, that these preachers, there's a lot of bad preachers on TV and they preach a prosperity message. That God wants you to be rich and God always wants you to be rich. And if you're not rich, it's because you're not doing what God wants you to do. And God has plans that everybody's going to drive a new Cadillac. Everybody's going to drive a Mercedes. God wants everybody to have a two-car garage and all this. And that's not God. And you know that's not God, and you read the Bible, and you realize God doesn't talk like that. But that's what we call a prosperity preacher, amen. But this is a different type of prosperity message. Look at verse 2. This is Joseph. He's a slave. He's been brought down into Egypt. Verse 1 says, and Joseph was brought down into Egypt. Now look at verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper In his hand. So here's Joseph. He's a slave. He doesn't own anything, but it says in the Bible that God made him to prosper. So prosperity doesn't have anything to do with what you own or how much you own or what kind of things you own. The biblical definition of prosperity out of the Bible is success. Success. See, skip down to verse 23. Same chapter. This is when Joseph is thrown into jail. (laughs) Now Joseph's in jail. For something he didn't do. Look at verse 23. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. Why? Because the Lord was with him, with Joseph. And that which he did, that Joseph did, the Lord made it to prosper. Amen. God was with Joseph and God helped Joseph to prosper. Everything he did prospered. It was successful. It was very successful. So this morning, I want to preach this message this morning on seven steps to prosperity. Seven, I'm going to give you seven steps to prosperity. You want to have a prosperous life? I'm going to show you seven ways to have a prosperous life. Not only was Joseph a slave, he was a prisoner. Even as a prisoner and a slave, God can prosper your life. It doesn't matter if you're you're in jail today, God can give you a prosperous life. He did Joseph. 
And notice it was God that was doing it for Joseph. The Lord was blessing Joseph and helping him to be prosperous. Now let's look at seven steps we can take to be prosperous according to the Bible. Look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. And God's given these commandments to Joshua. He's telling Joshua, now I've, I've left Moses over there. You're, you're the new leader, Joshua. And this is what I want you to do. And in, in, in all these instructions that God's given Joshua in verse 8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, when you do all that, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You want to be prosperous? The first step you need to have to be a prosperous Christian, the first step you need to have is you need to read your Bible day and night and meditate on it. You see what, he, what God told him? Book of the law, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. You need to be a good Bible-reading Christian. You want to have a prosperous life? You need to read your Bible day and night. And not only read it, it says, Read it that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. You not only need to read and to meditate on your Bible day and night. Guys, it's not enough to read it. You need to do it. Don't just be a hearer of the Word of God. Be a doer, James says. You need to be a doer of the Word of God. You need to do the things that God commands you to do. You need to read the Bible, and you need to meditate on the Bible. And you know what happens when you meditate on the Word of God? When you meditate on the Word of God, you start realizing how accurate it is, how truthful it is, how wise it is. It's amazing when you meditate on God's words and you see God tell, warn you about different things and you look at people living the lifestyle that God warns you about and you see how horrible it is for them, how bad things are going for them. And I don't need to read it, you need to meditate on it day and night and you need to do it. You notice how so much of this goes back to the Word of God? I know some of y'all probably go, it's always the same thing. It always, everyone, I always because that's the way God's Word is. I mean, it always goes back to the Word of God. That's why we're Bible believers, amen? That's where the problem is with so much of Christianity today. They've gotten rid of the Word of God. They want to live a certain lifestyle. And they want to live that lifestyle. And when they get to want to live that lifestyle, they read in the Word of God that it says not to live like that. So what they do is they ignore the Word of God and do away with the Word of God close their Bible, and start living their lifestyle. And they're getting away from the Word of God. They want to ignore what God says about something. And there's warnings, there's reasons why God said and told us not to live that way. You want to be prosperous? You need to read the Bible and you need to read it night and day, and you need to do it. That's pretty obvious, amen? I want to read you a quote. Daniel Webster, who wrote the Webster's Dictionary, this is what Daniel Webster said, Only if we abide... By the principles taught in the Bible, will our country go on prospering? Daniel Webster said, unless we live by the principles of the Bible, that's the only way this country is going to go on prospering. You know why this country is in the state of condition it's in? We've gotten away from the Word of God. This is what Abraham Lincoln said. I am profitably engaged in reading the Bible. Abraham Lincoln said, I am profitably engaged in reading the Bible. Can you imagine Obama saying something like that? It's profiting me to read the Bible. Obama only quotes the Bible when it does something good for him. See, you've got to let the Bible change you. You don't change the Bible. Look, I am profitably engaged in reading the Bible. Take all of this book upon reason that, that you can and the balance upon faith. You can reason things out of the Bible that it was true. And when something is not reasonable, like the Red Sea parting, he said, take that by faith. That's what Abraham Lincoln said. And this is what the world will tell you is one of the greatest presidents America ever had. Amen. They claim this is one of the greatest presidents, but they don't follow what he had to say about the Bible, do they? And this is what he said. If you will do that, you will live 
and die a better man. You want to live and die a better man? You want to be prosperous? Read your Bible day and night and meditate on it and do it. That's the very first step. If you don't have that step, all the other steps don't work. You got to have the first step. It's the Word of God. You got to have the first step. Look at Isaiah 55:11. Look at Isaiah 55:11. Step number two. Step number two to a prosperous life. So shall my word. This is God talking about His word. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You want to be prosperous? You need to attach yourself to God's words. You need to be attached to God's words. God's words are prosperous, and God says, It's not going to return unto me void, and the thing that which I please, it sh- and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You want to be prosperous? Be around God's words. Attach yourself to God's words. What do you mean, Brother Keegan? You need to be giving out God's words. You need to be associated with giving out God's words. You need to be associated being around God's words. Because when God's words are there, things prosperous are going to happen. You want your business to be prosperous? Put God's words up in your business. You want your school district to be prosperous? Put God's words up in your school district. You want your house to be prosperous? Put God's words up in your house and your, and your business and your family or in your car and your, whatever it is you're doing in your workplace, around your work. Put God's words up. If you come to my job and you get into my, in my truck at work, I've got a Bible sitting right there at, on my dash there. I've got a Bible sitting right there. I want God's words to be attached to me. I want to be attached to God's words because they're very prosperous. They're very, very prosperous. And you got, if you want to be prosperous, you need to attach your... You know what, what's the world tell you to be successful? The world says to be successful, you need to attach yourself to successful people. You need to be around successful people. Read the, read the works and the books of successful people. That's what the world will tell you. Friends, I'm here to tell you, if you want to be successful, you need to be around God's Word because it's successful. You want to be prosperous? You want to be around God's Word? Because God's words are prosperous. He says right there in verse 11, That which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. King Edward VI, the king of England, one of the greatest kings that God's ever raised up outside of the Bible. During his coronation, King Edward VI, they brought out three swords for King Edward VI. On his coronation, and they were going, These three swords, each sword represented a kingdom. And when they brought out the three swords, he stood up and he said, There's a sword missing. And everybody paused and looked around. He said, it's the Word of God, the Bible. The Bible's missing. Listen to what he said. That book is the sword of the Spirit, talking about the Bible, and to be preferred before these swords. Listen to this. That ought and all right to govern us, this Word of God should govern us, who use them for the people's safety by God's appointment. Listen to this. Without that sword, without the Bible, we are nothing. We can do nothing. Nothing. Can you imagine a leader today having that? Can you imagine God raising up a leader for us in America that could have an attitude like this? And, get, and that we could vote him in, amen? Oh, there's men like this, but nobody would vote him in. <laughs> Without that sword, we are nothing, we can do nothing, and we have no power. Amen. From that, what, from that we are what we are this day. From that we receive whatsoever it is that we at present do assume. It's that word of God that's blessing us. That's that word of God that's prospering us. That's what King Edward VI said at his coronation. Now listen to this. He that rules without it. He that rules without the Bible. He that rules without it. Listen to what he says about this. Because you know what? I think we've got a government that rules without the Bible. He that rules without it 
is not to be called God's minister. If you're getting up this morning and you're preaching and you're supposedly preaching or you're giving your little philosophy and you're not opening up the Bible, you're not reading God's word, you're no minister at all. I have preachers come to me and say, well, how, how do you preach? And we talk about preaching, and they ask me about getting into preaching. And I always encourage them, this is what I say over and over and over and over to them. Open up the Word of God, preach the Word of God, read the Word of God. You'll stumble, you'll fall, you'll make mistakes, you'll look stupid, you'll say all kinds of stupid things, but the Word of God will not come back void. It'll do what God wants it to do. You can be the stupidest, dumbest guy in the world, but when you read the Word of God, God will use it and bless it, and it'll be prosperous. I, that's my ministry. I'm not smarter than anybody or more intelligent than anybody. The only thing is I know where the power is. I know where my tool is, and this is the power right here. And if you're not using that, you're wasting your time. For he that rules without it is not to be called God's minister or a king. You're no king at all if you're not using God's word. Under that, we ought to live, to fight, to govern the people, and to perform all our affairs. What a, what a majestic king King Edward VI was. You know he's only about 9 or 10 years old when he said that? Out of the mouth of babes. Out of the mouth of babes. Out of the mouth of babes. Look at Second Chronicles 26. Let's look at the third step to a prosperous life. Second Chronicles 26. I think we've got to establish that you need the word of God in your life if you're going to be prosperous. That's one of the first steps, one of the main steps. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. And this is talking about Uzziah, the king Uzziah. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And look at the end of verse 5. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Friends, you need to seek the Lord continually. You need to seek the Lord continually if you want to be prosperous. As long as he sought the Lord God... Made him to prosper. You want to be prosperous? You need to be seeking the Lord continually. Seeking his way of doing things. You need to seek the way the Lord thinks. You need to be seeking the way he does things. You need to be seeking God and his presence in prayer. You need to be seeking God's presence in prayer. When you're praying, you need to be seeking God's presence. When you're praying, you're, that's one of the greatest acts of faith in prayers because you're praying to somebody you can't see. And you're just assuming they can hear you. But you want to get into the presence of God. You want to seek his presence. And guys, if you're not seeking God's presence in prayer, it's because your prayers aren't important to you. They're just not. But let me tell you something. something. Let something bad happen to you. Let something bad happen to one of your family members. You know what's amazing is how your prayer life increases. When you get into some kind of situation in your life, be it a physical or maybe, it's a, uh, maybe even it's some kind of financial problems, whatever it might be in your life, and maybe some of your family members, and you get serious and you get down in your prayer and you're real serious about God answering, you seek God in that prayer. You pray out to God. You cry out to God. You seek God in that prayer. Guys, you need to be seeking God continually if you want to be prosperous. You got God's words. Now you need to be seeking God's face. You need to be seeking God's will. You need to be seeking God. It's very, very important for you to be prosperous. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Let's look at the fourth step. 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 21. Look at the very last verse of chapter 31. And this is talking about King Hezekiah, a great king of the Lord. And, and every work that he began in the service of the house of God, and in the law, and in the commandments, to seek his God. Now, we already talked about how prosperous it is to seek God. But look, to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. 
The fourth step to prosperity is to not only seek the Lord, but when you're going to do something for the Lord, everything you do for the Lord, you need to do it with all your heart. All your heart. We don't want to do it just half-hearted. You don't want to just do it half-hearted. That's the way the world, you've heard that people say that? He's kind of half-hearted about it, or he's going about it half-heartedly. No, no, no. When you're seeking the Lord, when you're doing something for God, you need to be put your whole heart into it. The world says you need to go all in. The old Baptist way is, says, you need to be on fire. You need to be on fire for the Lord. You need to be not only seeking the Lord, you need to be all in. You don't need to be half-hearted. You don't need to be half-hearted. What does that mean? Half of your heart's over here in the world, and the other half of your heart's over here for the Lord. That's half-hearted. But it says here that when he did this, he seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. Jesus Christ said the greatest commandment is to love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy might, with all thy strength. Guys, you've got to give all your heart to the Lord if you want to be prosperous. When you're doing something for the Lord, we don't need to be half-hearted up here at Indian Gap Baptist Church. You don't need to be coming up to church just half-heartedly. I'm going to halfway sing this song. I'm going to halfway listen to the preacher. I'm going to halfway, you know, when I leave here, that's done. All I do is just show up to church and then I'm done. That's not the way we're going to live our Christian life. That's not the way I want you to live your Christian life. I don't want you to be getting everything you get from the Lord from me. Don't be that way. You need to be reading your Bible, meditating on your Bible. You need to be getting something from the Lord personally, at home, in your reading time, in your prayer time. I want the Lord speaking to you personally. I want the Lord talking to you through the Word of God. Don't be you, let me be your mediator between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. It ought not to be that way. You're feeding. Everything you're growing with the Lord shouldn't be all through your pastor. It should be coming through personal Bible study. It should be coming through personal prayer, personal experiences, doing these things. If you're all in, if you're seeking the Lord and you have all your heart on the Lord, this stuff will be true for you. You will find stuff outside of the church. But if you're allowing the church to be your whole contact with God, you're a miserable Christian. And I know you are. You need to have a life, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know why I know you need to have one? Because the Lord wants you to have one with Him. He loves you. You know what's crazy about the Lord Jesus Christ, among other things? Is He actually wants to hear from you. You know, nobody else does. You know how many times I have, a, I have my cell phone and somebody calls me, I look down there and go, oh. And I tell my wife, should I answer it? And the other person on the line is like, poor Sister Joanne called my wife from a, from a, from a 512 number. And my wife had to apologize to her because my wife answers the phone. Hello. Sister, hey, this is Sister Joanne. Oh, hi, Sister Joanne. How you doing? And she goes, I apologize. I didn't recognize the number. I thought it was a solicitor. Somebody she didn't want to hear from, amen. So when she answers the phone, like, hello, what do you want? And she knew that was Sister Joanne. She would have said, hello, how you doing? You know, God wants to hear from you. When nobody else wants to hear your voice, the Lord does. He wants to hear from you. Isn't that amazing? My old squeaky voice, me? Yeah, yeah, he wants to hear from you. He wants to have a relationship with you. God is our Father. And there's nothing more I cherish more than one of my kids call me up. My son calls me up and talks to me, and that means a lot to me. God wants you to call him up. God wants to have communication with you. So why don't you give him a ring? Why don't you seek him? Seek him with all your heart. You want to be prosperous, you will. Go all in for God. You know, Walter Barbie, he's down here, and he uh, gets a call from God. He feels like he needs to go up north. He sells everything he owns. What's left, he puts it up in the truck, and he starts heading up north, driving up north. Now, guys, you can't go more all in than that. He gets up north, and he's seeking God up there, and he's seeking God as hard as he can. He's, and you know what he's doing? He's sticking with the book. He's sticking with the Bible. He's sticking with these words. He's just trying to preach God's words. You know what God's done with him? God's prospered him up there. 
He sent me a picture just, uh, just a couple of days ago. He sent me a picture of a sign in front of that building. He has a church sign. It says Christian Sur- Church Services. And he has the times on there. And on the bottom it says, it says singing, singing songs to Jesus Christ or something. Then it says, it says uh, preaching from a King James Bible. He's associating himself with the words of God. He's attaching himself to the words of God. You know what God's doing? God's prospering him. You want to be prosperous? You need to seek God. You need to associate yourself with God's words. You need to seek him. You need to do it with all your heart. Let's look at the fifth step. Let's look at the fifth. Look at Psalms. The book of Psalms 122. Let's look at the fifth step. This is a step that uh, most people don't even think about. Even Christians. Christians don't even think about this step. A lot of Christians say, yeah, if you want to be prosperous, read your Bible. A lot of Christians know enough about the Bible to know that. But a lot of Christians don't know this one. They don't realize this one's in the Bible. Look at Psalms 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. You want to be prosperous? You better love God's city. Amen. You better have a love for God's city. You better have a love for God's land. You better have a love for God's people. I can tell you, and I can show you history where, where nations have turned on God's people, and God turned on that nation. I'm talking about England. I'm talking about Spain. I'm talking about Germany. I'm talking about Poland. I'm talking about countries that, that were powerful, that were known, that the sun, the sun never set on the, on the British Empire. And by the time they turned on Israel, God got, away, got done with them, bombed them out, and they're done. Guys, as our nation, as this American nation turns on Israel, you better just start getting ready to shut the doors. God's going to turn on us. You want to be prosperous? You want to be a prosperous person? You'll love God's city, and you'll love God's land, and you'll love God's people. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper. They shall prosper that love thee. The truth is, it boils down to this, guys. You need to love what God loves. You need to start loving what God loves. And everything you see in the world, God's not happy with it. And there's lots of things that God doesn't love that the world loves. That that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. That's what Jesus said. All these things you see highly esteemed among men, sports, all the things you see highly, movies, all that stuff that's highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. We need to put our heart in the right place, put it back on God. Look at Proverbs 28. Let's look at the sixth step. Look at verse 13. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You want to be prosperous? Don't cover up your sins. You need to confess them. You want to be a prosperous Christian? You want to be prosperous in this world? You need to stop covering up your sins. You need to confess them. Just be truthful with yourself. You need to be truthful with yourself, with your problems, and with your failings. You need to be honest with yourself. When you fall, you need to pick yourself back up, dust your knees off, and keep on moving on for the Lord. Guys, you're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to. It's 100% guaranteed. You're going to sin. You're going to make a mistake. You've got problems. You've got failings. You've got sins. And you're going to try to cover them up. And you need to not cover them up. You need to confess them. And God will make you prosperous. He'll prosper you if you confess them. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Guys, you want to be a confessor of your sins. You want to not be prosperous? You need to hide your failings. You need to hide your sins. You need to hide all this stuff and cover it up. Deny that you even have a problem. The first step to any kind of to getting right with God is to admit that you're a sinner, that you have problems. I want you to read this. Some of y'all need this. Proverbs 24, 16. I need this. I quote this verse all the time because I mess up all the time. And I'm supposed to be a preacher and I mess up and I have sins and I really mess up. I'm not talking about little mess ups. I'm talking about I really mess up. I, I mess my testimony up. I do all kinds of bad things. But look at Proverbs 24, verse 16. 
For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. I'm not a just man, but I'm just in Jesus Christ. And since I'm just in Jesus Christ, when I fall down, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep on getting back up. I'm going to keep on rising back up. Why? Because i got a family that depends on me. i got a church that depends on me. i got people that are watching me. i got a Lord that depends on me. I need to get back up and keep on fighting. You know what? You need to forget those things. And when the devil brings it up, just put it under the blood of Jesus Christ and say, you know, I'm going to keep on moving on. you got to just keep on keeping on. Guys, you're going to fall. You're going to make a big fall. You're going to really fall down. You're going to have to pick yourself up, rise up, and keep on going. You're going to have to. You want to be prosperous, you're going to have to do it. And don't cover it up. Don't deny you got a problem. You won't be prosperous. You will not. I just read it to you. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. You won't be prosperous. Here's the seventh and last step to a prosperous life. Look at Proverbs 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You want to be prosperous, you need a tithe. You want to be prosperous, you need to give a tithe to the Lord. When you have an increase in your home, you want to have a prosperous home, you need to give a tenth of that to the Lord. You need a tithe to the Lord. Let me read it again. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. That's that tenth. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. That's how you can live a prosperous Christian life. That's a prosperity message in seven steps. I just give it to you. Read your Bible and do it. Attach yourself to God's Word. Seek the Lord continually. Everything you do for the Lord, do it with all your heart. Love God's city. Love God's land. Love God's people. Don't cover your sins. Confess them. And the last one I just gave you, give a tithe to the Lord. That's a true prosperity message for every Christian. Everybody needs to know that. If you'll live that kind of life, God will prosper you. Now, I want to close real quick, and I want you to turn to Psalm 73, because there's a problem in Christianity today. Psalm 73, and there's a problem in Christianity today, and here's the problem. The problem is we see the wicked prospering. We see these people that are living a wicked life. They don't like God. They hate God. They hate God's Bible. They hate God's Word, and we see them prospering, and, and it bothers us. Be honest. It bothers me. Does it not bother y'all? It bothers me. I see this guy that's... He's on TV and he's got more money than, than I will ever have in a lifetime and he's mocking God, he's making fun of God and he's laughing at Christians and I think, man, I hate that guy. I mean, this, this hate bulls up in me. and I, It's not right. Because I'm like, why is the wicked prospering? Look at verse 3. Psalm 73, verse 3. I, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. It makes you envious, doesn't it? Here I am living this kind of life. I'm trying to do what the Lord wants me to do. And look at this guy. He's driving around a brand new car. And I'm over here having to scrape up pennies to go buy tires from old jalopy, you know. Well, why is, why is God doing this? Look at verse 5. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. They don't have no health problems. I don't see them having to go to the doctor. Look at, they look at, they're pretty healthy. They don't have the problems I have. Why are, look, you know, and you get envious about this. Look at verse 12. Behold. These are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. They're prospering in this world the way the world system is set up, and they're getting prosperous, they're getting wealthy, and look, they increase in riches. They're successful in this world system. They're real successful. Big mansion, big piece of land. They got everything, fly around, jet around all over the world, and it's real easy to get envious of them. Look at verse 13. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. It says, verily I have cleansed my heart in vain. Why am I confessing my sins? Why am I doing all this? 
You get to where you think it's in vain. Why am I, why am I not, I'm not covering up my sins. I'm confessing to you, Lord. But look at this guy. He's laughing at you and look how successful he is. Look how rich he is. And look at me. Am I doing all this in vain? We think that, don't we? It's real easy to do it because you, you look at the way the world's living. You're like, man, I, I don't have a new car like that. I don't, look at me. And you're trying to do all these things and be prosperous. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. And look at all the problems I have to deal with. I deal with all these health problems, all these financial problems. Look at all these problems I have to deal with. And here's this wicked neighbor of mine. And they don't love God, don't go to church, don't have anything to do with God and make fun of me. And look how wealthy they are. Look how prosperous they are. Look at verse 15. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against a generation of thy children. So you don't say a word. You don't say a word because it's offensive to a whole generation. You've been living this Christian life. And your grandmother and your granddad, and, and you've got children that are living the Christian life, and you keep your mouth shut about these problems you're having with this, seeing these prosperous people, because you know it's offensive to them. You don't want to say anything, because it will offend a generation of Christians. But the truth is, this stuff goes through your heart. Because you see the way the world's living and how prosperous they are, and you're not. This hits home, don't it? That's why you need to read your Bible. You'll find this stuff when you read your Bible. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. It's painful to even think about it, isn't it? But look at verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. So you go into church and you realize what's going to happen to them in the end. Verse 18. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. So you're envious of these people. They're living this life and you see them and they're wicked. They're living a high life. And How many young men, how many young teenagers were envious of Elvis? How many young people were envious of all these rock stars, these movie stars? But look at the end. Look at the end. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, what we call the church today, then understood I their end. Guys, you've got to look at the end. Because they're living that life, the high life, and oh, it looks so wonderful. And man, they'll tell you how wonderful they're living it and how great things are, and they're going to make fun of you and mock you. And, but when it comes to the end... And they've got the diseases, and they're miserable, committing suicide, hanging themselves, all the stuff they do. you got to look at the end, guys. you got to look at the end. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. i got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10, verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you think of a time you've called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray as admit you're a sinner and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that He will save you. Now, if you prayed that prayer or if you'd like to get a hold of us, contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com, IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.